welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to the show. My name is Scott. And I'm Jeremiah. And we are back for episode 152, our first normal, if you will, episode in a while. Oh, uh, in a while. Yeah, we, and for those of you who are longtime listeners and are wondering where the hell our show went, um, you may have noticed that we did a Lloyd Kaufman interview that ended up two episodes long and sandwiched between that uh, was our special episode 150. And for those of you who are new listeners um, who just started around 149 might be like, oh, great. They do all interviews and weird skit shows. But no, we don't. Uh, This might be your first real. (laughs) No, we don't. No, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Go suck a dick. Listen to something else, you asshole. Or keep listening to this and see if you like this different format than what you're used to hearing us do. Yeah, our show's a little loose. Uh, we often do... Uh, like my mom's pussy. Oh. My mom's pussy's loose because she has sex with all my friends. How do you bring a show from <laughs> 100 to with, zero? Sex with all my friends in front of me. And she sucks her dick and says, they taste so much better than you, Jeremiah. And I said, no, I don't, mama. I'm the best tasting kid on the playground. You said I was. <laughs> I love laughing while you're sobbing because the two mixed together <laughs> might actually be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and then actually, the funny thing is when I actually am having a bad time and I'm like, Scott, he needs some help. You just, you do the same thing. You just cackle. Yeah. It's fun. Anyway, uh, continue uh, explaining our regular show. Yeah, so our regular show, we dive into the news. We find odd news stories, usually something you wouldn't see everywhere, like on CNN, Fox News, etc. And what we do is take this obscure news story and we dig deep into Google with it. We find aspects of it that we want to look into. We do research and we bring you news and information you would not find anywhere else on the internet. Yeah. Except for where we looked. Yeah, we dig deep. We dig deep into the crevices. Um, but I was gonna make another my mom's pussy. No, joke. no, no, no. We don't have time for that. <laughs> There's always time for my mama's pussy jokes. I was, I was just about to say we don't have time for your mom's pussy. <laughs> but there's um, always time for Jeremiah's mom's pussy. Before we get into this episode, though, we do have to do a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah, let's do some housekeeping. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes specifically, or the podcast app on Apple phones, uh, we love getting five-star reviews there because they seem to actually perpetuate the podcast form a little easier than, say, Google Play or Stitcher. Although you can feel free to leave us a five-star review there. We just might be a little later responding. Yes. Uh, we did get three new five-star reviews this week, so we thought we would take a moment and actually read through these as we do normally. So anyone who wants to leave us a five-star review feel free uh know that we read them on air and that whatever you write we will read so have a ball whatever you write will come out of our mouths on air mm-hmm. so uh we're doing odds and evens uh I, I drew the short straw i'm doing odds so we're gonna start with so much fun five stars by mind fudge comedy and they say these guys are smart funny and entertaining i've been listening for several months now and never quite know what to expect it's always fun though check them out very cool. Thank you, Mind Fudge Comedy. And uh, we've got an awesome podcast by The Roel, I believe. Like Noel, but with a R. Um, and uh, great chemistry. Hilarious and full of pop culture references. Like my mom's pussy. That's not in there. It's a parenthetical. I know what they're talking about. Because um, uh, her, her culture pops like her hymen. <laughs> um, oh. Which was when she was like 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
How can you not listen to this podcast? Well, I gave you a reason right there talking about my mom's hymen. So let's <laughs> move on to number three, Scott. All right, number three says, Dope, five stars. Uh, the Podcast Brothers wrote this. It says, Funny as hell, y'all have a winner here. Nice. So that short and sweet down to the point. Our five star reviews. Is it? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. You, like you said, you can leave them anywhere that podcasts are found because we are everywhere where podcasts are found. That's but right. we tend to go to iTunes to look for our reviews and to read them back to you. So go there if you wouldn't mind to leave them in the future. Um, besides that, the only other housekeeping we have is we have a Patreon running. Uh, we started it on January 1st. Uh, what we'd really like to push for our Patreon is the fact that we have a $3 level that includes our new podcast, Lost and Found. Yes. Uh, Lost and Found can only be found behind the Patreon wall, and for $3 a month, that's about 85 cents, 75 cents a podcast. Very, yeah. very, very, very 75, low 75 cents a week. Uh, you get four episodes of Lost and Found. Uh, January's episodes just wrapped up. Each month will have a different theme. January was a New Zealand slash Australia travel show with myself and yeah. our sometimes co-host Bruce Bruce Moran from Australia. That was good. He spent a month trying to talk me out of going to New Zealand and shitting all over Peter Jackson. Yes. Uh, Which I, he I is want to do. I, I loved it. It came out very nice. I, I'm very proud of it. He's always good to have in the States. Always very happy to have him. He'll be helping out with the show here and there as he comes around. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Yep. and this week we are starting month two, February's Lost and Found, which is Meet the Northrups. This this is a failed sitcom of ours. You're going to hear the audio version of it. Uh, luckily, when we pitched the sitcom to the studio, they allowed Jer, myself, and my wife, Kelly, to all be part of it. Yes. So you'll be hearing us uh, working our way through a uh, four-week-long, yeah. four-episode. Uh, and this isn't one season. Like, we actually kind of pitched a weird. We're like, this show's going to last for 10 years. Yeah, Here's an yeah. episode first year. Here's an episode third year. Here's an episode yeah. sixth year. We kind of, like, pitched it showing a we grand show, scheme. Yeah, we wanted to show what the arc would eventually look like. We had a larger extreme vision for the length of the show, for the future of the show and the scope. So yeah. this is kind of gives you a good, clear picture of what could have been. And, hey, if you really care uh, about the way it sounds, then you should petition your uh, uh, lawmakers and such to have it. Uh, I don't think that's how it works, but to make it a TV show on it. Yep, and uh, that's going to be all of February. And actually, we started plotting out March already. Uh, if you're a Lost and Found subscriber in March, we will be playing a role-playing game, Dungeon yeah. Mastered by myself, with Jer and a few of our friends. And it, uh, the thing I love about this, that one is a totally original concept that we didn't get from anybody else. Nope, did not steal that from anything. Nope. It's going to be called uh, Lost and Found Quest, I believe. And uh, <laughs> We might as well just go with that title now that we've got it. <laughs> or Lost at Home Quest, something with Quest. Uh, so, yeah, that's that for housekeeping. Um, yeah. Now, for, welcome to the show. Exactly. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you go to iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere you're listening to it and hit the subscribe button. Just because you downloaded one episode doesn't mean the next one's going to pop up unless you subscribe. Now, this week, I start the show out with my own Google Hole. Yep. And what I started with was a story that came out of the news on Friday, January 27th. And this was because Friday, January 27th is Holocaust Remembrance Day. Yes, which actually the, the story I was looking at that I didn't bring to the table uh, that maybe you mentioned as well is that apparently uh, the actual Holocaust or the mention of the Holocaust and the Jews were completely left out of the speech for uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day by the uh, yep. for the new administration? Yeah, Trump, yeah. Trump did a speech Big on surprise, that day. Big surprise, because I'm sure Bannon not... probably had something to do with it, and he doesn't believe the Holocaust happened. So. Yep, Trump had a speech on this day and did not mention Jews once. Um, that is not the news we're bringing you, no, though. No. Uh, our show digs a little deeper and tries to find things that are a little uh, little obscure. Things you just, like, if you're going to listen to a news or a comedy podcast, you want to hear different. 
Right. So here's different. Holocaust game room shut down amid outcry. This story comes out of the Czech Republic. Um, a company stopped selling tickets to its Auschwitz-themed escape room after fe- facing fierce criticism for casting a game where the experience is you are a Holocaust victim, you need to get out of this Auschwitz-themed gas chamber slash camp. So it, at one point, I think, depending on how it was pulled off, it could be insensitive. But another, I'm also thinking it could actually bring people awareness of the experience and actually a little bit of sympathy, not even empathy, but straight up sympathy. The official press release for this Czech company actually cited that exactly. They were like, this was meant to raise awareness of Auschwitz and the uh, Holocaust as a whole. And they were asked to take it down after a flood of social media uh, outcries were saying that they were not paying the proper respect and were just being outright disrespectful. I I wonder how many of those people actually went to it to find out if it was actually disrespectful. And again, I don't know whether it was or not. I just just bet a lot of people heard it and were like, that's got to be bad. I'm going to let my voice be heard and and ruin something. And it could have been totally out of taste or whatever, but I'm not going to say it is or not because I haven't actually been to it and won't get a chance to go. And I'm actually unsure if anyone actually did go to it. The tickets were on sale for roughly $15 American and it ended as of this past weekend after the outcry happened. Um, Their company was enticing customers with, quote, play an interesting escape game with your friends and put you in the shoes of the victims of Auschwitz concentration camp. Last shower will await you. But there's a difference. You can get out of this room alive. Okay. It's a little insensitive I can see the phrasing being insensitive and also capitalizing on it like somebody could um, immediately assume. But again, if you actually experienced it and it could be a positive experience for some people to put themselves in their in the shoes, then it may not be completely negative and we won't be able to find out. So I, I just don't like the the whole, let's shut something down before you actually get a full understanding of what it's all about. I agree. I mean, if some if some of the, the, the detractors who maybe lived in this European region went and visited it and were like, this is disgusting. There, there's just like the- This, uh, is, this is beyond the Holocaust. Like this yeah. makes the Holocaust look good by Only it's, it's like It's like, it's a small world after all, like Disney ride where there's all these like dancing crazy like you're on a roller coaster. It's a gas room after all. You can't hold your breath for long. They're bad at rhyming. If you, <laughs> if you actually read the Czech uh, transcript of it that song, it rhymes, it rhymes in yeah, Czech. Yeah, but the, the translation doesn't. So. Um, so what I ended up doing here is I went down a Google hole of various uh, ill-advised Holocaust-themed things. And what I ended up finding was there was actually a chronology to this working backwards from the 2017, this year's, Holocaust-themed escape room, uh, starting with last year, 2016. In Russia, in Moscow, there was a ice dance competition that was televised. And a couple were given perfect scores for doing an ice dance while dressed in the striped uniforms of Holocaust camp I don't want to say visitors. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the wrong word. Uh, uh, yeah. Interned members of the camp. There the, you the go. The striped uniform. Yeah, forms, yeah. Uh, with a yellow Star of David uh, sewn on to the outfits. And they ice dance to a song from the 1997 Holocaust film, Life is Beautiful. Uh, in the song, they even left the sounds in the movie where you can hear dogs barking. And at the end, there is an added simulated machine gun fire sound. Well, the woman of the pair dancing looks around stunned and stricken while standing on the ice. So wait, so was this just like 
this it wasn't like jovial. It was just an artistic representation, a dramatic representation of something, right? That's that's how I see it. So um, it's funny. They, if you, they were if you even rolled, given if you rolled, tens. If you rolled a camera, took them off the ice, and, and had Spielberg directing it, it would have won an Oscar. But the fact that you have it, yeah. On okay. ice, it was seen as a little less than It's because what all of a sudden it becomes been. playful, as a, so people look past the art. Again, I'm going to probably be a skeptic about the offensiveness of all of these despite the fact that I find joking about the Holocaust extremely offensive. Some but. of the outcry from the ice dance actually came from people as big as Rupert Myers, a uh, British lo- writer and lawyer, and uh, Sarah Silverman herself. Yeah. Um, they uh, they actually decried this. and Again, if people at least got to see it, so I can trust people who saw it and find, found it offensive, I would trust that. It was simply found offensive by all, but it happened, and you can't take it back, and the, the, the dancing team did get perfect scores. I guess the routine was... Uh, touching to the audience. Well, gotta say, I mean, even if they were literally Nazis, if they did great, you can't just be like, well, your, you know, technique was flawed, you know? Now, if we continue moving back in time to 2015, edg- edging ever closer to the actual Holocaust. Ever edging, yes. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yes. Now, uh, in 2015, Holocaust-themed Halloween costumes, for some reason, were happening left and right. Uh Facebook was asked to remove several people's photos for wearing Holocaust themed. No, by Holocaust, costumes. like literally the Holocaust, or you mean uh, Nazi Germany themed? Wearing like, uh, Nazi, Hitler, that, yeah. and Holocaust internment camp. Okay, because I think that's specific to the Holocaust. I think the other you could say is specific to Nazi Germany, which obviously is tied with the Holocaust, but not necessarily specific to the Holocaust. Because, you know, like we talked about that in Japan, how dressing up as a Nazi or Hitler for Halloween is totally fine. I mean, that's like, they were helping them during World War II. So like, hey, this is part of our history. Well, I mean, this went even further. There were department stores selling uh, uh, striped with the gold star Jewish prisoner outfits yeah. as Halloween costumes. And I'm talking major chains like Walmart, Target. Yeah, yeah. So, you I mean, you got to look at it that way. It, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was like, I think around the same time that, if not earlier, where the Confederate flag wasn't even allowed to be sold at those stores. So. Exactly. And 2015 was a banner year for this because Hallmark uh, actually printed out uh, Hanukkah wrapping paper. Oh, I remember that. With yeah. swastikas on it. Yes. Um, same year, 2015. Like They this. said it was an accident. We covered that one on the podcast. We did. This was an older story. Um, I'm actually not going to get into it because yeah. of the fact that we've already talked about yeah. it once. Anyone who wants to go back to our back catalog on uh, lostandownpodcast.com, uh, all of our shows are up there. Uh, they're also on iTunes and Stitcher. I mean, anyone Yeah, dig go on back. back. That was way back. Dig. So. Um, so the next one I found was the same year, also 2015. Uh, this was, I'm looking for the company's name, Urban Outfitters. Uh, Urban Outfitters sold a tapestry that was done with the pattern of the gray and white prisoner uniform with a giant inverted uh, purple pinkish uh, triangle, which was for the gay Holocaust prisoners. And they were just selling it as a trendy tapestry. Not okay. really getting the imagery and how it could hurt people. And we're also asked to take it down, and they immediately removed it, like, as soon as they figured it out. Yeah, when it comes—I mean, it's, I, you know, again, I'll always stand up for the freedom of people to, like, buy and sell whatever they want. But there is at some point where it's the company themselves who might have to take a yeah. deep look at, like, well, the, this the, isn't good for our image. The ADL actually attacked them the strongest, the Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. yeah. They, they were the ones who got it taken down. Um, and then if you go back—oh, my God. I love that we're just going back so rapid-fire through time. Uh, 2011, Australia, of all places, all right. um, created a theme, a, a clothing line, if you will. And the jacket under this clothing line was called Belson Was a Gas. 
Okay, puns about the Holocaust, yep. I can see why there would be an issue. And uh, there for, are things the, to for, pun about and things to not. We probably have a lot of confu- uh, listeners who are confused right now. Confused listeners, if you will. Yeah. Um, Belson was uh, part of the name Burger Belson, which was a very famous uh, concentration camp where a lot of people were gassed. So this jacket being called Belson was a gas is a joke on a level that I can't even find funny. Like, I find yeah. a lot of things funny. Well, because because it's so it's such a deep like not even inside joke, but a very deep referential joke. But when you get the reference, it becomes less funny, which means it's kind of a failure as a reference joke. Personally, like when when you get the reference and you're like, oh, now it's not funny. That's actually worse. So. Oh, absolutely. That's that's that's, in, that's anti-comedy. That's not just being like, oh, it's offensive and you shouldn't say it. That's it, just literally like, oh, you're defeating the purpose of the joke. So therefore, it's not a good joke. Yeah, almost seventy thousand people died there. So not not funny. But you know what is funny? I ran out of things to Google at this point in my Google hole. And what I usually do when I run out of things is I type in keywords that have some significance myself, like horror, uh, music, I don't know, art. I I type in some random words after my keyword. This is like our bailout, essentially. Like when we're like, oh, we we, we hit a wall at the end of the story, but we still need more Google. My bailout was gold. I typed in Holocaust pornography. Oh, you mean like Nazi gold. (laughs) Ah, Ah, There we go. There's some jokes. But I typed in Holocaust pornography, and I found out, and this may be interesting to some of our listeners, it actually has a name. It's called Stalig porn. Oh, okay. See, I like the thought of you typing the letter H, and it auto-completed the Holocaust pornography, and that's why you clicked it, because you've typed that in so many times. It's like when you type the letter P on somebody's computer, and it comes up Pornhub. You can find out where they've been. The letter H, for you, brings up Holocaust pornography. You hear, <laughs> yes. you hear what I said, Scott? Now, Have I explained my joke enough? You, you, I'm glossing oh, so it over. St- so, to... Stalig. So, Stalig pornography. <laughs> Stalig pornography was a short-lived genre of Nazi exploitation. Mm, short-lived. Holocaust <laughs> pornography. It flourished, actually, from the 1950s to the early 1960s. Um, it was banned by the Israeli government, which is interesting to know because it was the most popular in Israel. Okay. Yeah. So these were not only uh, videos, but books, art, uh, poetry. It was anything that you could think of that was pornographic about the Nazi Holocaust era. Yeah. So um, what I ended up finding from it was, and I'm trying to get back to my original source, but I looks, it looks like I deleted it. Maybe out of fear. Maybe out of hatred. <laughs> maybe I, I maybe out of hatred for yourself of what you were like, what you were bringing to the table. Um, it actually, one of the most famous examples of it is something that most of us probably are already familiar with: the House of Dolls. Uh, you've heard of that, right? House of Dolls? Sure. It was a 1995 novella. Uh, it's often described as Joy Divisions, which is where I think the band Joy Division came up with their name. Oh, okay. Um, like it, it's where groups of Jewish women in camp, concentration camps were kept as sexual pleasure for the Nazi soldiers. And sometimes the script was flipped where the girl was the empowered one and the Nazi was the weak one. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it kind of hit both sides of the coin as far as uh, exploitation porn goes. Uh, we've definitely gone into that with uh, yep. who is it? Larry Cohen we had on the show who helped create the entire black exploitation movement in cinema. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is one of those. Um, outside of that, not a lot happened with it except for one of the most famous Nazi Holocaust exploitation films of all time that a lot of our listeners may have heard of in passing as a. Super D 60s film, uh, Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. I have heard of that, yes. Yeah, which is a horror slash exploitation slash BDSM slash Holocaust slash Nazi slash Jew 
fuck show of a movie. <laughs> just a fu- I think that was actually the entire uh, movie poster right there. I, I would buy it easily. Yeah. Um, the idea of this movie is that Ilsa is a commandant of a Nazi prison camp. She conducts sadistic scientific experiments designed to demonstrate that women are capable of enduring pain more than men, and therefore should be allowed to fight in the German armed forces. Which is supposed to be technically true, right? Aren't women technically... That is like, absolutely yeah. true. Mostly Ch- because of childbirth. Literally because of like, oh, they need to be able to black out real pain. Not like, oh, I got shot. Like, I mean, I have a watermelon coming out of my, my vagina place. Vagina, like you mean vagina, <laughs> all of it. Il- Ilsa in this movie is portrayed as a buxom woman with a voracious sexual appetite for men. Every night she chooses another of her male prisoners and rapes him. However, owing to her hypersexuality, she is disappointed when her current victim eventually ejaculates, and then prompts, and then she promptly castrates him and puts him to death for doing so. Uh, only one American prisoner who can avoid ejaculating manages to use her weaknesses to his favor. And, uh, yeah, that's the plot. It was actually a trilogy of movies. There were two others that came after. Uh, we have uh, Ilsa the She-Wolf of the SS, Ilsa, Tigress of Siberia, and Ilsa, Harem Keeper of the Oil Sheiks. Um, just the titles are make me hard as a rock. Oh, these are fucking amazing. Yeah, it is fucking badass. Now, um... Yeah, uh, this all happened. Uh, essentially, my point is going forward with this is that there there was actually a point in history where Holocaust porn was a, a cultural touchstone, if you will. Yeah. Just like black exploitation and sexploitation there all definitely hit at cultural points. Various like exploitation. Civil rights movement, women's rights movements. The exploitations almost always followed a push in one direction and yes. a reversal by a side or a flip of script, if you will, from people who wanted to then engage in this in a thematic, cinematic way. And, and usually it were, it was the group that was being so-called exploited in these films actually creating them to, like, it, like black exploitation films Almost were often... Almost often Yeah, and, and so and a lot of it, I think, was, like, this subculture of people on that, too, once again, as it's stretching the other way to almost rebel against the people pulling it in the other direction. You know, the civil, way civil rights go, it's that push and pull, elastic, whatever, but... Um, no. So, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's, it's exploitative. Absolutely. But, and, uh, and but also by the people who were being exploited. And one of the things I found fun about this was the fact that, that Holocaust porn did exist, doesn't exist. Thank God that modern day, like you know, pornographic, you know, I mean, artists, I'm sure, I'm sure artists, it's, if you it's, will. it's there. It's just behind. It's it's Oof, dark. It's probably. underneath. It's it's like the poop and uh, porn and stuff like that. It's probably even harder to find. Now, what I ended up doing was going to Reddit, and I found a thread. And by no means do I condone any of these titles as a disclaimer, but I found a thread where people were coming up with names of modern day Holocaust and Nazi porn, if it would exist. So what I have here is a list of 11 movies that don't exist named by various Reddit users that are horrific. But we're going to read them because... Oh, so this, I, was, so this was created by Reddit. This was created by oh, Reddit. Oh, Lord. Buckle up because... Number one. Can, can, I, can, can, I, can I just... Can I just be really stunned right off the bat? Because I want to make it sound like... We don't condone these titles because anything that comes from Reddit, it's like anything com- that comes from 4chan. It's like it got vetted on 4chan and they like moved it over to yeah. Reddit. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Number one. <laughs> Asswits. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Number, we're starting. It's tame. Number two. Schindler's Fist. 
Okay, I wish I'd thought of it, honestly. I probably Number have. three, and I don't get this one. Debbie does Dashu. Must be a prison camp. Uh, number four, Mind Cunt. Aye, that's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's just funny. That's fucking funny. Uh, number five, Hollow Horrors. Okay. Right. Meh. Yeah, that's not Number great. six, Gas to Mouth. I really want to laugh really hard at that one, but <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm no, fucking no. terrified. Ooh. Number seven, Bagel Punchers. Okay. Oh, well, uh, that that was probably the most offensive of all of them, actually, because it's so stereotypical as opposed to just a plan words. I'm actually deleting one because it's not funny, not not sad or uh, number eight. Jugs at Nuremberg. That one's kind of funny too. I gotta say, a lot of these are just plays on words. I'm okay with play on words. Number it's, it's bagel punches is the most offensive out of them all, all in all, because it's stereotyping. Number nine. I did not see that coming. Also fucking hilarious. <laughs> she cannot bad. I gotta say, I'm not as. I thought these were gonna be way darker, like way more like, oh no, from Reddit. Wait for it. Okay. <laughs> Number 10. Six million Jews, one cup. Oh, that's the one I was waiting yeah, for. Yeah, that was. That's the nail biter. That though. was the one I gave the disclaimer for. Yeah, these are these were curated from uh, Reddit. I'm glad I actually whittled that it down was to the a bad list of ten I, while I was doing it because one made. I, I don't know if I don't get the reference, but one, I, I, it's already gone. I just okay. I don't. I didn't understand. I, I, I say like the the bagel punchers was offensive just because it was dumb and it was a stereotype. It's literally just it's a stereotype six, on Jews. That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Holocaust. It's not a play. The play on words ones I can like appreciate because they're just. People weren't like, oh, it's the Holocaust is funny or we should make light of it. It's like saying – no numbers, It was kind of like when we put out there, we were trying to think of a, a, a word for cat Holocaust and we were so – like it was about cats getting, you know, murdered to the point of a Holocaust, not the Holocaust. Yeah. And we put it out there and we were wondering – we were like, oh, there's got to be something great on the tip of our tongue. And Kyle Brock from uh, MacTac Podcast – came forward and said we should have said Meowschwitz, which I thought was hilarious because it's adorable, but it's a play on words and has nothing to do with lightening the uh, the Holocaust. It's just a play on words. But Here, I've, got a, and, I've got a better the, one for number seven. Okay, and the six million Jews one is just really terrible. But Number seven. Too close to home. Lube's important because you just burned your bagel in my oven. What? Where'd that come from? <laughs> I just made up a new one for seven instead of bagel <laughs> oh, punchers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, I thought you were going to make it better. No, it just it, it's at least not a flat-out stereotype. <laughs> you brought an oven into it. All right. you did is take a bagel, and then you also threw in the other worst part of the Holocaust where people got burned, and you literally said, let's burn My bagels in the oven. apologies to of our listeners. Yes, please. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a better thing than bagel punchers. I didn't mean – I didn't think you meant, like, worse, better. <laughs> like better isn't just like a better play on words not like I'll make it like I'll keep the stereotype but then I'll throw in some real like punch you in the gut holocaust alright well speaking of uh, uh, holocaust porn we have a have to have a word from our sponsor absolutely and by the word from my sponsor I mean I'm gonna go ahead and uh, jabber on about our sponsor Bambox for a little minute bam and there we is so now you understand what Bambox is we're good box it's those two things combined bam uh, no, just one bam, actually. Just... Box! All right, it's just going to happen. Keep going to... Uh, let's go ahead and stop that now. Um, bam box. 
He's a subscription box service that uh, is very awesome and very much better than the other box services. Why? Because you get things you would not get in other boxes, like exclusive autographed items, things you would not find on other websites, collectibles, but not just the standard collectibles that you would get everywhere else, like little toys and stuff like that. These are very custom. They are very chosen specifically by the folks at Vanbox to make sure that they are exclusive and things you will not have on your shelf already. This month's theme is... The 90s, they don't really give much more information about that, but oh, no duh, it is the 90s and it's a bam box. All right, and that is a word from our sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready to go into the last part of our show, which is my part. So my part of the show, uh, I get, I only chose a few stories and actually the first one technically isn't really that uh, current. Um... It's that it, it came across a current uh, Reddit feed, uh, whatever, uh, and so the link intrigued me because it had to do with mathematics and aliens and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I'm with you so far. And that is uh, has thank, to do... Thank you, by the way, for taking us out of the Holocaust part. I, I feel like my entire first half of the show might have been more of a downer. I don't end on a much better note, by the okay. way. So, hey, folks. Uh, happy uh, February. I guess this is the first episode of February by the time you hear this. Um Anyway, did you know that chess might be an alien game? How so? It was brought to us by aliens, and here's the proof. Um, First of all, uh, use proof very lightly. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. Well, first of all, the thing that brought this to my attention is somebody just recently pointed out uh, that the actual story that brought it up to my attention was somebody posted on, like, one of my nerd reddits the fact that there is actually – there are actually more – or far greater number of games of or possible games of chess. In other words, you know, like combinations of what you can do in an entire game of chess than there are atoms in the known universe. What? So really? Yes, and this is actually called the Shannon number. According to this number, there are far more possible chess games than all the atoms in the universe. The number is estimated to be ten to the hundred and eleventh and ten to the hundred and twenty-third, something like that. Um, far greater than the number of atoms in our observable universe, which are about what we expect to be ten to the eighty-first number of atoms known to science. Now Great. That's very interesting because there's a lot of atoms in the universe, right? And sure. you'd think just one something as simple as a game of chess, well, that's how many crazy possibilities there are to be played in a game of chess. Um, which makes sense because you can, like, play incorrectly for days and days and days and, like, go back and forth and all that kind of shit. Sure. So there's so many variations. Um, but the thing that brought my attention to this is it was recently – it was mentioned in, like, a little aside in this article that this uh, man, Kirsan Ilumyajinov – the world chess president um, claimed in 1997 that he was abducted by aliens and they allegedly told him about the true nature of chess as a cosmic game. Now, what it is, he, he noted that there are codes hidden in the chess game. For example, 64 squares on the chessboard and 64 codons in the human DNA. Coincidence? Yes, exactly. That's it. Okay, uh, I was gonna <laughs> say, like, is that actually something? There are sixty-four uh, of a bunch of stuff, like sixty-four bits to Super Nintendo, or no, uh, sorry, N sixty-four. Sure, it's yeah. gotta be linked to the human DNA. Um, so he believes that the number is not merely coincidental. In fact, it was an elaborate design by aliens. And here's 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 the reason. Here it is. Still here's waiting. The, here's, the, here's, <laughs> here's the proof. My theory is that chess comes from space because it's the same rules. 64 squares, black and white, and the same rules in Japan, in China, in Kadar, 
in Mongolia and Africa. The rules are the same. Why? I think maybe it is from space. The, the, name, the fucking rules of Monopoly are the same everywhere. That is the most asshole-ish thing I think I've ever heard. It's like literally like, oh, something is the same in more places. It couldn't be because culturally it spread from one area to another and actually was held up as it was originally intended and nobody uh, like fucked with the rules across time. Exactly. Like maybe it has to do with aliens. It reminds me of that guy in the History Channel who was always oh, like, yeah. maybe it's aliens. <laughs> yes. Huh? Aliens, probably. Um, though, now, the reason he thinks this is because he was apparently abducted. And um, he, uh, okay, first of all, I think this is funny. He was abducted. And when he was abducted, abducted, he asked them to take him back to Earth as quickly as possible. Because in two days, I had to conduct Youth Government Week. And then they brought me back and everything was normal again. A few days later, I was walking around thinking, why did they, why did they take me? And why, and I was cursing myself for not asking them any questions. Yeah, you were too busy trying to get back for Youth Government Week, and the only thing you decided to ask him about was chess. I'm sorry, a little <laughs> bit of holes in his fucking story. Yeah, here. yeah. I can hear him complaining about things that don't matter to other people too. Like, yeah, they didn't give me a juice box when it was promised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they promised me a ju- juice box. I mean, inserted rectally, but I was still expecting it. No grape juice up my asshole. I was pissed. I was expecting Hawaiian punch. All they got was Sunny D. Up my ass. Up my ass. Wow, your mom's the best. No purple stuff. She's got Sunny D and her pussy. Yeah. Wow, why does this always have to go back to your mom's pussy? She liked to feed kids Sunny D out of it, like a baby bird squirting. Uh, wait, baby birds don't squirt things. Their pussy into their kids' mouths. <laughs> well, the fact that it was a baby bird apparently squirting things from its pussy into their mom's mouth. Anyway, failed analogy. Oh, uh, failed analogy. If only we had a. Uh, a new segment called Failed Analogies. Put that in Empty Promises. Sure. Doing it right now. Uh, failed Analogies. Uh, Damn, that's we'll, actually we'll put a good, that into, I, I like that. That would be really one. fun to write. I think we could write a lot of Failed Analogies. <laughs> um, we have 50 episodes to do that. In episode, we, uh, starting with episode 150. Um, we really, cleared the docket of Empty Promises. Yeah. We, we, we decided like every 50 episodes, we'll pretty much collect our Empty Promises from the previous 50 and see what we can make into actual segments and stuff. That's where most of what episode 150 came from. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are hearing right now is a little bit of the meat and potatoes behind the show. Doop, doop, doop. Um, all right. So that made me Google celebrity alien abductions. Um, do you know of any uh, celebrities that have been abducted by aliens? Tom Cruise. Uh, he didn't say that, but he believes in Scientology, so he hopes to be abducted by aliens someday. Uh, Brent Spiner. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Data from Star Trek. Nope. Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm not even going to respond. Not going to research it. How about, nope. how, how about this one? Fran Drescher. Wait, the famous Fran Drescher? The one who was uh, robbed and tied up? Yeah. And, and yeah? Yeah, her. She said some fucking weird things happen because apparently she's also been abducted by aliens. Um, Seriously. So the actress once told I'm Huffington. Shocked. Yeah, and she's 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 gone through some shit. Um, the actress once told, and actually one of these uh, tidbits is actually pretty interesting to tell you the truth. Um, the actress once told Huffington Post that in separate encounters, encounters a few years before they met, she and her now ex-husband both saw aliens while driving with their fathers. These were like separate experiences before they knew each other. They came to Before each other. Before her and, said, and her father knew each other. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were just driving along. Be like, who the fuck are you? Uh, your dad. Yeah, that's aliens it. Aliens helped us meet. Yeah. Take this pill. You're going to get uh, uh, dumped in by aliens. Yeah, that's it. Um, anyway, I think that somehow we were programmed to meet. And apparently they both have a scar in the exact same spot. Her and her ex-husband. 
Whoa. Um, she said uh, She said in the interview, though her ex-husband, Peter Mark Jacobson, seemed to think Fran, Fran's scar came from something ordinary like a coffee burn, she believes it's where aliens implanted some kind of chip that programmed her to think that way. That's where it gets a little bit crazy. Because yeah. even the husband was like, I think you spilled coffee on yourself after you saw my scar. And you're like, I want a scar there. That's just, yeah. a, that's just a stain in your jeans. You understand <laughs> scars are on the skin. Yeah, yeah I'm the manny. It's Man. clearly coffee. It's wet. <laughs> I, I literally saw you pour it on you and then sue McDonald's over it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't count. It's not an alien scar. No, that was just the aliens making me think that way. Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Sammy Hagar was abducted by aliens? I just said his name. Oh, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, no, uh, yeah, no. Over the years, former Van Halen frontman Sammy Hagar has remained outspoken about his belief in aliens and his personal encounters with them. His 2011 autobiography read, My Uncensored Life in Rock. Rock, 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 rock. It just says rock seven times. Okay, um, okay. That doesn't really. Delves into the topic. But he told MTV Hive that he would have liked to have discussed it even further. In the book, Hagar writes... I was lying in bed one night, dreaming, dreaming. I saw a ship and two creatures inside of the ship. Inside of the ship, two creatures. I couldn't see their faces. Oh, faceless creatures. They were connected to me, tapped into my mind, 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 like some kind of mysterious wireless connection, connection. The singer explained that although this happened in a dream, that's fucking. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. Number one, right there. It happened in a dream, but it didn't. Anything sorry. that happens in a dream didn't happen. Yeah, he knew period. the experience was part of something real, with actual knowledge being transferred. In other words, he remembered something from his dream. This was probably the first sober day he had. And he was like, "Fuck, <laughs> I remembered something from my dream. <laughs> like it must be energy was transferred by aliens." I found my keys. I'm psychic. <laughs> holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! I didn't barf and kill a hooker. Fuck, man! I'm a god. I'm um, a god. John Lennon. Uh, now this wow. is actually this is actually hearsay. Um, this is in 2004. Magician Yuri Geller. We, we gotta believe him because he's a magician, an adult magician that isn't one of the two. As opposed to all those ones. child magicians. I mean, I feel like when you you're a kid, you're like, I want to pull a rabbit out of a hat, and then the rabbit bites your nuts off. You're like, fuck that rabbit, fuck magicians, and then you stop being. You ever had that experience? Yeah, of course you have. Uh, your first, like, My Little Magic kit fucking bites your dick off? Nope. Yeah, you'll never want to be a magician nope. after that happens, Mom. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Yuri uh, Geller told the story of his friend John Lennon. I'm sure he wasn't his friend. He was just like, I knew John Lennon. I talked to him once at a party. And then apparently uh, they or he encountered extraterrestrials. And it happened one night after a blazing light jilted him awake while sleeping in bed. He went outside and saw four, quote-unquote, bug-like people with, quote-unquote, bug, big bug eyes and little bug mouths, um, quote-unquote, un- unquote, scuttling around and insisted they weren't the result of drug-induced hallucinations. I'm sorry. They said that? Yes, I'm sorry. We're not a hallucination. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> That's like... That is the first proof that it was definitely drug-induced hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. When, when either the alien says it or you tell it to the reporter, no matter either of those means, like, no, 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 I swear, it wasn't drugs. I mean, we were on a lot of acid and whatnot, but it was not drugs. So anyway, um, <laughs> so apparently Lennon said the creatures gave him a metal egg-like object that he carried around with him and eventually passed on to the magician, uh, Yuri Geller. Big deal. Um so anyway, here's and where... that's the end of the show. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Sammy Hagar. Uh, no, but this is where I hit my little bailout point because yeah, we both had a wall. Well, no, hit. It, it wasn't that I hit a wall. It's just I hit a, a tangential point, and we're allowed to go. We're supposed to go wherever the Google hole takes us. Even, I, I even got, if you need to help it along. And this one I didn't. I literally could have probably figured out more stuff to go with aliens, but I looked over to the sidebar and I saw related stories. Um, what the uh, where like you're going to hell, and this is where you're going. Sure. And and it's uh, the night. It was something like. Little synopsis on the nine circles of hell. Now, I think you and I have both read Dante's Inferno I, ages, ages ago. I read it and when I was l- 21. And I absolutely, I remember absolutely loving it, but actually getting more out of it when I read, like, not Cliff's notes, but, like, explanations of it. Because some, like, the more modern, um, I like the combination of, like, hearing the old poetic uh, candor or not candor um, uh, cadence yeah and then hearing people actually explain it with more modern terms and stuff like that so I really sure. I really like uh, the, the, the whole concept is very interesting but I realized that I hadn't looked into it in a long time and that I'd kind of like completely forgotten what the nine circles of hell were outside of you know spawn comic books and stuff I was gonna I say like a lot of my background knowledge of it and the whole reason I was uh, pushed to read Dante's Inferno when I was 21 because I was a waning spawn fan uh, at that point, I was getting out of the book, but still enjoyed the the premise and the idea. Well, there was like and the, the, um, the detail, like they went to de- they used Dante's Inferno's Hell as the premise for his books, Todd McFarlane. Well, and if you remember the uh, uh, was the Alan Moore issue, the issue number eight or whatever it was, where he was essentially taken on a tour through the circles of Hell. Um, yeah, through yeah. you know twenty pages of yeah, amazing art and like this is snowy yeah. and it was like it was kind of weird because of the way they did it. Yeah, and and I believe like even the crazy hell spawny creature that was bringing him through was the Malabolge, which is actually oh the violator, the, the male bulge. No, other than the violator, like there was the oranger one. He was orange, the Malabolge. That was literally what it's called, was and that the, actually was the straight Kool-Aid from. Man? Yeah, he was oh, yeah. red. Yeah. I'm in hell, bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, this is what you get for being gluttonous and drinking all your own juices. Yeah, that's right. Sugar is gluttony, fuckers. <laughs> Don't be obese. Uh, Nine circles of hell. I also called this uh, or Dante's Inferno in approximately ten minutes or a traveler's guide to hell. So I just figured I would just run through sort of like in more of like a travel guide. If you're traveling to hell. Here's what you have to look at. So I'm sure. going to go through the nine circles of hell with you, if you don't mind. I'm ready. Let's start at the beginning. Do you uh, First of all, how many do you remember? Do you remember uh, the name of a few? Or Oh, my God, no. I do yeah. not remember I mean, they're, the they're almost They're almost like the uh, the deadly sins, really. They almost like there's like lust and gluttony and greed and anger and sure. all those kind of things. Um, so number one, limbo, right? Yeah, I remember that one, actually. Yeah. Pretty chill. Unbaptized babies walking around. A lot of babies. Uh, punishment. If, if you're if you're lucky enough to be a pedophile who can get stuck in limbo. Oh, you're, you're like trying. You're playing your cards. Like I don't want to be too bad and actually fuck kids when I'm <laughs> old, when I'm on Earth because then I'm gonna go to one of the bad ones. Why would a pedophile want to fuck a kid for a minute? We can do it for eternity. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> that is such a horrible tagline. It's gonna go somewhere. <laughs> Why fuck? Like, like again, this is a traveler's guide, so that could be, like, a selling point in it. Just be like, hi, I wonder what this is all about. Why fuck a kid for a minute on Earth when you could fuck him for eternity? I'll try to come up with a travel log line okay. for each of these. That's good, because here's the thing is I'm going to sell you. It's pretty chill, unbaptized ba- babies. Punishment includes being bored, mostly. The atmosphere is peaceful, yet sad. Famous tenants include Caesar, Homer, Virgil, Socrates, and Aristotle. Dope. I was... 
I almost, I, I almost typed in here Homer, not the Simpson one. Yeah. Uh, but you know the Homer, the Iliad, that guy. Um, the uh, okay, number two, lust. If you fucked your life away, this is where you go. Um, punishment includes being blown violently back and forth by strong winds. Not the kind of blowing you were expecting, was it, Scott? Keep Brr- going. I'm coming up my tagline. Uh, not allowing any peace or rest. Famous tenants. Cleopatra and Helen of Troy. Meow. Sick of getting blown by hot nubile women. Oh, nubile like uh, Cleopatra. I'm trying to work it in. Sick of being blown by hot nubile women. Trying to work it in is what gets you sent to this place. Come to the, what is it, second or eight? Second. Which one are we working from? Second. Second. Come to the second level of hell. Lust. Lust. Where the wind's not the only thing that'll blow you. That's right. Away. Lust or bust. I don't know. I don't have a good one for that. We're we're gonna give them all a shot. Yeah, we'll give them all a shot. They're not all gonna be. They're not. They're not all gonna be wins. No, we got. uh, We got the number one. The number three one. Also, I I determined going through this that I believe, um, technically Trump will go to seven of the nine levels of hell, from what I understood. Because he actually, if think about all of these, he will he will go into lust. He grabs pussies all the time, um, and you know fucks store bought wives. And uh, number three, gluttony. Clearly. this is where the Kool-Aid man comes in. He's like, I should have drank all that sugar. Bleah. Mix sugar with water, children. That won't lead to obesity. Kool-Aid, good for you. Punishment includes being forced to lie in the filthy mixture of shadows and putrid water that is produced by never-ending icy rain. Famous tenants include Cerberus, the three-headed canine monster. He's more of a landlord than a tenant because he actually acts as the guardian of the circle. Gluttony. Uh, Being right. forced to lie in a filthy mixture of shadows because it rains all the time. <sighs> Gluttonous on earth. Want more out of life? What better place to go than a place with a dog with three heads? <laughs> That's a glutton. He's got more heads than he knows what to do with. He's licking his asshole, but he only has one. Three heads fighting over it. That's your life now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yo, well, yeah, one... one Head to lick your asshole, the other to lick your balls, and the other to watch the two lick themselves. And run Boom. commentary. Uh, greed. Punishment yeah. includes... This is number four. We're on uh, circle number four. Punishment includes rolling great wakes back and forth against one another, symbolizing their selfish drive for fortune during the lifetime. That's another one I thought Trump would fit into. Um, also, that's felt, it sounds is very... Greed, sis- you said? Yeah, it found, sounds very Sisyphean, you know, very like pushing a rock up a hill. Uh, for eternity only to have it roll down at the end of the day. This is pushing weights against each other and never actually making it anywhere. In life, do you always want more? You're always looking for that little extra. Well, we have rocks, and they have extra. You push them, they give back with more pushing. You want more, you got more. Nice. You know, everyone uh, starts out sounding like you're going to do a Snickers commercial. I like it. It really does. (laughs) Wrath slash anger. Ah! Number five. (laughs) Famous landmark is the River Styx. Punishment includes fighting with other people on the boat forever and ever. It's pretty much like a bad, uh, like a boat-based reality TV show. It actually didn't sound that bad. Got kicked off Survivor, pissed, died of a heart attack the next day. Now you're in this level of hell. Guess what? You get to fight more. Kind of sounds fun since that's how you died. Boom! River Styx! (laughs) 
I was just thinking that. Uh, like, that just seems like hell. It's like I died doing the thing I love. Now I get to go here and fight I know. perpetually. I know that, that's that's the one that sounded like the. Uh, like maybe I was, I was expecting them to be tro- like like oh you're gonna go on this trolley eventually and you're gonna fight and then you're gonna end up in this place where you're gonna get burned to this. You're like do what you love, fight each other and try to win. Yeah. All the time. Sounds like fighting is the best way to die. It's like somebody's like, oh, you're a UFC fighter? Here's your hell. You're in UFC fighting all the time, and you can't die. Yep. Ooh. Heresy, number six. This is where atheists go when they die. Um, a city of burning tombs inside of which suffer the heretics. Tenants include me and Scott eventually. And also <laughs> present, the three infernal furies, or the goddesses of vengeance, stained with blood, with limbs of women, and hair of serpents. Don't believe in God? Love the theater? Want to work on a production that never ends and is right up your alley? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, now you gotta like literally sell these. Like make yeah. them sound awesome compared to like the... Go to like, the okay. sex level of hell where atheists go to become theatrical gods. Yeah, want to fuck a couple goddesses of vengeance stained with blood with limbs of women? That's right. They could jerk you up just like women. Hair of certains. Who didn't want to fuck a snake in the mouth? Yeah. Fucking hate God and love blood as lube? <laughs> <laughs> Sixth level of hell is for you. Yeah. Heresy is where it's at. Bing bong, beady bong, boom. Number seven, violence. Landlord, the Minotaur, divided into three rings. Outer, murders, and those violent to others. Those are immersed in a river of boiling blood and fire. Remember that. Middle, suicides. Those people are turned into trees and bushes, which are fed upon by harpies. Doesn't sound so bad. Inner, Blasphemers and buttfuckers. Uh, sodomites is what they go. Um, <laughs> I forgot that I put buttfuckers in instead of uh, sodomites. So that's what they're saying. People who love sodomy. I mean, t- talk about getting into the 21st century mayor there, Mr. Dante. Um, All sodomy or gay or straight sodomy? Well, it's sodomites. I mean, sodomy All. Sodomy technically is sodomy. They were referring to gay sodomy back in the the Bible. But sodomy in general is like, oh, you fuck somebody in the ass, right? Um, showered, like, like most of like the world or at least in their thoughts what they want to do um showered with flakes of fire that rain down on their naked bodies so we've got fiery rain uh people turned into bushes fed upon by harpies and people immersed in a river of boiling blood and fire scott go sell me <sighs> i'm taking a moment to think about this because it's a three for it's mm-hmm, a three mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. take your time we are farmers <laughs> That's two. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I, 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 God, it's weird because it's a threefer. It's, yeah, it's it's not easy to do. Um, I, I guess it would be have interest in the culinary arts. Are you an amateur arborist? <laughs> do you like butt fucking? Do you like being fucked in the ass? If you answered any of these, maybe the eighth. Seventh level of hell hell is for you. Boom. And if you like the Minotaur, hey, I don't know if I want to fuck up that half of what the Minotaur is or the other half. It's a bull and a man, right? Is that what a Minotaur is? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to fuck a man or fuck a bull. Don't have to choose. It's Minotaur fucking time, ladies and gentlemen. That Minotaur will suck your dick like a motherfucking bull, fuck your ass like a motherfucking human, ass fuck your mouth like a motherfucking bull, and bull fuck your face like a motherfucking ass. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and number eight is fraud. This is a city in ruin consisting of ten ditches. Don't worry, I'm not going to go oh, through this. Oh, Detroit. Um, oh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, can we move on to number nine? I yeah, think that's it's, perfect. It's just Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, number nine is the final one, treachery. Landlord is Satan. Now, the three faces of Satan. Wait, Black. treachery is the worst? Yeah, it's the last one. It's Satan. So you mean being slightly duplicitous in life means you're next to Satan? 
The, the actually originally it was called slightly duplicitous, and they decided to rename it treachery. It sounded more badass. <laughs> the, the thing is, like Satan lives here. It doesn't want to be. It, it's got to sound like the worst, but it's not really because Satan lives there. It's like the penthouse of fucking hell. Welcome to Satan's slightly duplicitous <laughs> sin sanctuary for sinners and saints. Penthouse you want, penthouse you got. Boom, biggity, boom. The three faces of Satan, black, red, and yellow, can be seen with mouths gushing bloody foam and their eyes forever weeping. Ooh, boo-hoo, Yankee. Ooh. For those of you who are untrustworthy and rotten, dirty scoundrels in life and don't mind looking at badass abstract art. (laughs) Ever wanted to see Judas, Brutus, and Cassius get eaten by the mouth of Satan? Or how about get face-fucked by the mouth of Satan? Well, that's what's gonna happen in the ninth level of hell. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yep. So we're going to see historical figures get used as uh, dildos? Well, it's Judas, Brutus, and Cassius specifically getting uh, fourth fucked up uh, Satan's ass, I believe. Or they, he chews on them. But that's weird, chewing on your dildo. God, Satan, get a life. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't put bite marks in your dildo. It's yeah. bad for resale value. This one uh, is divided <laughs> into four rounds. Um, resale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Used Satan's dildo. Slightly. Some bite marks <laughs> Some may bite also mark. be shaped like Judas and or Bruce and or Cassius. Um, divided into four rounds according to the weight of the sin. Um, however, all residents are frozen in an icy lake, which when people say you've got a snowball chance in hell, like... I've That's, heard of the frozen parts of hell. Yeah, yeah, but that but that is like the center of hell is frozen. It's a frozen lake. So that is, that does it. Actually, I'm right on time for the end of my Google hole, which really was mostly a synopsis in travel log form of Dante's Inferno. So I loved who it. knows what we're gonna get into here in the last brand contest. Well, we talked about the Holocaust and how inappropriate it can be at times. We talked about the uh, seven, eleven, eight, nine, nine, levels, nine circles of hell. Nine circles of hell. Yep. I was willing to go up to twelve before he stopped me. Yeah, fuck it, even dozen bakers dozen of hell. <laughs> and what we are left with now is this week's question of the week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, thank you to everyone on our Facebook fan group who answered these. We have a very, 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 very long log of these. Um, we're going to group these. I think, Jerry, you and I are going to read them off yeah, and absolutely. on based on groups. And I guess technically I'll start with the odds because you're the first one yet again. Uh, not that you were the first one before, but I want to make sure to read yours to make you not sound like you're just reading your own shit. Sure. It took me a moment to find them anyway. And we had, damn. Oh, you get, to read, you get to read of one of my You get to read one of my favorites, which is by Kyle uh, Martell. So am I starting with Kyle? Um, yeah, so I'm going to start with Scott here. Scott Bear says, oh, yeah, did, did you read the question? I, I, well, no. <laughs> Let's do Question that first. of the week yes. is, after the success of the Women's March in protest of Trump, the Juggalos are having their own march in Washington, D.C. What would an anti-Trump Juggalo sign say? Yeah. And I wrote as an example. We're not down with this orange clown. Yep. And that was my example, just to throw it out there for the world. So now we have a lot of examples by our listeners. Thank you very much for everyone who donated one to us. We're going to read them all now. Uh, we start with Kyle Martell. He has two in a row. Uh, first one, fucking magnets. How do they work? Which and is from their their Christian song. I fucking love that. Lyric yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Book of magnets. How do they work? Um, and which, uh, as you noted, could easily really just be a Trump quote. Literally him yeah. asking like the magnets. How do these yeah. work? Magnets. How do they work? Fuck it. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, Kyle also came back. With, this is my favorite. With, I think. Yeah. This is my favorite too. Fago. Faye going. Faye gone. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we've we've got. Uh, I'll, I'll read Stealing Owls and Kyle Brock's. How's that? Um, sure. So I've got Stealing Owls, Hair Today, 
Goon Tomorrow. And they said man, but I really like that one. I did too. I, I, I love plays on words. So um, I've also got uh, two by Kyle Brock, um, who's helped us out with this podcast quite a bit. This is a jug of low down and dirty shame. Again, always happy with the puns and the plays on words. And the next one would be more of like a hip-hop lyric. Trump and me ain't family. Very nice. Uh, next, we have Fear Ends, who gave us three in a row. Uh, this orange man ain't fam, which I like. Uh, Trump makes you cry? Cut him some picky pie. And his last one. Don't let Trump roast us. Get with the dark lotus. Nice. Got another one from uh, Kyle Brock right here. Trump ain't my killer. He's a knitting after Skrilla. I actually really like that. I like the people who use uh, juggalo words like kneading oh, and, and lotus and, yeah, yeah. and piggy pie. Like these are all tr- these are all juggalo. Yeah, words. yeah. Which we we know plenty about the juggalo culture. We got to explain that a little bit. But I'm glad people did that and took your thing about being a, a bonus if people rhymed. I don't know yeah. what the bonus goes toward. They don't get anything. But hey, bonus, bonus, bonus. Uh, April Carr says. Fuck Trump. And then in parentheses, sorry, I know little to nothing about Juggalo culture except for the makeup. So, Honestly, yeah. but but knowing that much about Juggalos, that might be as creative as they get yep. the entire time other than like, where where to whip it's at? Um, all right, my sister, Crystal Valerie, a couple of them in a row. Don't Trump on my Juggalos. And even we don't like him. Nice. I like that one. Uh, like, they're ju- just blatant. It's like, fuck it. We don't even like him. And yep. we're fucking crazy. Uh, Josh Shedeker wrote, Keep your hands off my hoe, yo. Nice. Tyler Brink, who grabs you by the pussy, homie? Who grabs your gash? Sarah Hazard writes, Trump is a jug of hoe. And this is great because this is somebody who knows that a jug of hoe is different than a juggalette. Mm-hmm. A juggalette are the hotties that are hanging out with the juggalos. Jug of hoes are a jug trash. of hoes are just male or female bitches, man. Doesn't matter what you are. If you're a poser, you're a jug of hoe. Um, Robin Schneibel, a juggalo? We're here for the new White House staff photo, yo. Nice. I actually do like that. Yeah, especially since they're all painted in white face. They could literally yeah. get into Paul Ryan's that, yeah. intern like photo. Uh, and then we have Kyle Martell again with Violent J better than Donald J. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's a greater than symbol, which is yeah, which is good. They use the symbols there. And finally, Tyler Brink, uh, send the Donald out to the stow. Tell the orange bitch to bring home a fago. Very nice. That's good. I love the uh, the rapping that people put into it, a little bit of the rhyming. No. Thank um, you very much, everyone who followed our question of the week and threw us some suggestions yeah. for questions of the week. We appreciate it. Uh, keep this up. We're going to drop a new one this coming Friday. Uh, same day this show drops and you're listening to it, the question of the week will be up for the coming Absolutely. Monday. Absolutely. And we will, I mean, we'll give you three un- days. Until they, until they became, become like so overwhelming, uh, we will, rec- we read will read, all. we'll read as many as we can on air. Um, We'll start skipping them once we get too many. And the other thing is, if you leave one, we will definitely read one of yours. Uh, So if you leave multiple, um, there's a chance all of yours will get read, like today. Not, you know, there was enough. And if you're wondering where you can leave these questions of the week, if you go to Facebook and look up the Lost at Home podcast Facebook group, not page, group, uh, you can uh, ask to join the group. Uh, We have an automatic you join the group if you donate a dollar on Patreon. But you can do the slower process where you can put in a request, and when we see it, we yeah. will allow you in. Um, outside of that, make sure you hit up our Patreon. We have Meet the Northrops coming up next month. That is Jer, myself, and my wife, Kelly. Uh, we're going to be playing a 1980 sitcom of uh, yeah. of a fictional 
family. Yeah, and actually, but when you say next month, I literally think those of you listening that we'll are, are subscribed will be hearing it either right before, or probably right after. I would say you you have probably either heard it or you were about to hear it, and it's about to drop. So yeah. enjoy it's it. A, it's our February Lost and Found show, and for three dollars a month, you get all four episodes plus. The previous month's four episodes. Yes. And that goes for anyone who joins any later than now. You get all the previous ones when you join at any point. So Absolutely. they're all there and you can enjoy them all for very, 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 very little money. Sounds good. And uh, I think, honestly, I think that's about all the time we got. And uh, I'm ready to go out on a song. I don't have anything specific, but I was thinking uh, we could go on some uh, ICP just to make it like good and fun. I was going over like something by the Cardigans. Okay, uh, Love Fool by The Cardigans. Sure. There we go. Enjoy it. Desperate 